welcome back to the Jones Chronicles. This is volume 15. I was going to have this out yesterday, but it was a bad Saturday. I woke up with a headache. I went to sleep with a headache. I will never take melatonin again, especially at 2 a.m. in the morning and think that things are going to work out great the next day because they did it. Spoiler alert. Uh, my shoulder got jacked up. Mimi, I was able to get Titans out because Mimi was like, where's Titans? I don't see no fucking Titans. You better give me two Titans. So I got Titans out. And then I promptly said, fuck this. <laughs> I'm going to go to the store and get me some Advil because apparently I ran out. And then on the way back to the car, that's when I messed up my shoulder. Somehow, some way, I don't know. And then I got back home. And by the time I managed to eat something, uh, just a dollar frozen Alfredo meal, and lay back down for a second to get rid of the lingering effects of the headache. It was like 1045. I was like, fuck it. Night's over, going to sleep. It was freezing to death. And to turn on the heat for the first time this year or since the last time it was this fucking cold. I it took me a while to turn it on too. I'm freezing in the middle of the night, like, why am I so fucking cold? Like, oh my gosh. Woo. And then I realized, yeah, because it's like 30 degrees outside. It's time to turn on the heat. So that was uh my Saturday. The rest of the week was pretty great, except for me and this girl at work. Oh, she's such a miss know-it-all. There's a door. And there's a part of me that empathizes with her. Even though I can't stand her, no one can stand her. Every time she talks, I can I can feel, and we're going to talk about hypersensitivity in a minute, but I can feel the entire group chat just all pull back. Like, oh, this bitch, she always got to say something. She can't just shut the fuck up. She never can just be quiet. And it is a trait that you have to learn. She's younger. I think she's like 24, 25. So I know it's that emotional intelligence phase. And I get it because I feel at some point I was that person that just always needed to talk about something or well, mainly talk about something that's wrong that I found that was right. That validation. And I want to just take it to the side and be like, you don't need to. But I feel she takes it too far. Like, I don't. I'm, I've never been that. I. I, <laughs> I can conclude, I've never been that bad where I'm just trying to tell people who've been on the job for 25 years that they don't know what they're doing. Like, ah, uh, I think I think I'm gonna let the the trainer train, because that's why I'm the student. And that's not to say people doing things for a while can't be wrong. I've seen it happen and pointed it out myself. I mean, I just do what I got to do. I don't feel the need to throw it all up in their face. But um, the thing with her is 10 times out of 10, she be wrong. So, <laughs> And agents be avoiding her to speak with her because she's that much. She's given a reputation of being a terrible, terrible underwriter. And she been on the job three months. Agents avoiding having conversations with her. And purposely giving her ones because she won't transfer them. <laughs> so. And. Uh, 
another random chatter of this week my daughter casually mentions that a boy told her that he liked her oh my god okay it's happening everybody stay calm what's the everybody procedure everyone calm. what's the procedure stay calm wait wait wait, wait. everybody calm down that was what was happening on the inside but on the outside i was like oh so what happened <laughs> she's like i didn't really like him so i told him we could just be friends i don't plan on dating until high school i don't like that kind of talk speaking of my daughter apparently i no longer can't pick out the clothes that she likes anymore i took her shopping because I keep looking at her outfits in the morning. I'm just like, what the fuck is that? She had on some tights with a belt on, full camel toe, and then I had to break. And she gets so upset, but it, then we have the talk on the way to school. Sometimes she gets really mad and shuts the door. And don't say, it. and I'll be like, I love you, and she just slams the door. And then she'll text me and be like, sorry. <laughs> See, my mom goes off about these things. I realize that look she and that's why i try to uh, you know you're you're figuring yourself out and i want you to just match and you know i, I gotta give her that freedom to figure out her own clothes and what she likes and doesn't like but at the same time I'm like whoa girl you, you still need help you're still 12 all right so let me just help you a little bit and she does she really does so we went shopping and that was funny because that's when I discovered she don't like anything. I, I kept picking out shirts. She kept going, no, no. <laughs> she kept picking up shirts and I'm like, what is, that's a tank, that's, what is that? You can't even fit it. I'm pretty sure that's a 3T. Nice, it's in women's. Why do you need a half of, a half of a shirt? And I'm not paying $7 for half of a shirt. What the fuck, you need a whole shirt. And you can't wear it to school, so that's what we're here for. But I managed to get her back into jeans, which is something she has not worn since she was maybe two years old. She hates jeans. So I I've been, I've been telling her, like, you need to branch back out into stuff that you can wear. So she finally broke down and got some jeans. I'm so happy, so proud. Um, I got her a nice little rocker belt with the little chains on it that she she's got she's going through the golf stage and she gets big baggy clothes and i was like oh i remember i was in the baggy stage she's like well let me go through my baggy stage <laughs> so I'm like, why do you have that big ass sweater she's so funny then the other day she asked so who's your new celebrity crush she's like has tom left yes because tom i saw is still with his beautiful chocolate queen and I'm so happy for him, but at the same time, I was eating ice cream listening to Adele. Never mind, I'll find someone like you. I wish nothing but the best for you too. So I told her I moved on to Daniel Bruel. Bruel? Am I saying his last name wrong? Possibly. Um because he's married and i don't have to think about or fantasize about him showing up at my door <laughs> one day because of my thirst beats. <laughs> so she's like let me show let me get a uh, photo let me get a photo of him um let me see what he looks like let me see how he sounds i was like he's not british she's like what he's not british 
So no, he's Spanish and German, which is a delectable combination, if you ask me. Um, so I showed her a video and I was like, girl, it doesn't matter. He's he's married. You can be a home wrecker. Oh my god. You know one thing I realized as I was walking or driving? <laughs> Shit, I ain't walking nowhere. Um <laughs> down to the mailbox to the back uh is that we are a society based around eating and shopping just notice all the places that are around you it's always somewhere to shop or eat and if you're in the hood it's very specific places in which all hoods have the same type of stores right it's the check cashing place the liquor store the beauty supply store two competing gas stations every mile across the street from each other and of course the dollar store dollar stove dollar tree one of those are in the mix of that and i realize we are a peer pressure society <laughs> of pure capitalism temptation at every single turn do you know how many times i've been down to the dollar tree i never can seem to get anything as soon as i go to the store i come back home and there's something else that we need like how the hell did we miss this i've been to the dollar store four times this week ridiculous in other news abc's wonder years is an exact replica of everybody hates chris except narrated by don Cheadle. what the hell is the world coming to premiering on abc this fall i know chris rock thinking i i should shoot this motherfucker but he's black but how did don cheeto sign up for this like he was all respectful of i don't need to have this oscar for nothing that i did but you gonna do a show that's complete uh copy of a show someone else did years ago on another network oh but it's different it's in the suburbs um <coughs> bullshit and with that term, before we get into what did we learn this week and a hypersensitive and why they usually go in, con why that trait is in conjuncture with INFJs, uh, we do got some feedback from Shy. So let's see what she's got to uh, say this week. to give my feedback for the Jones Chronicles podcast. I know I've been a bit quiet and not um, sending anything in. Most of the time I forget to be perfectly honest with you, but I did listen to your latest podcast not too long ago and it really resonated with me. So I wanted to try and make sure I send something this time because I wanted to be able to uh, reply to those or respond to what you were saying uh in that one in regards to healthy weight versus weight versus health being healthy and then the superhero genre fatigue um definitely those two resonated with me because i did have a huge issue with that uh, throughout my adult life and i'll explain in a minute and then of course me and my son just had a conversation about 
uh, this whole fatigue uh, situation. So I'll start out with the weight thing. Um, as you know, I've talked about, I was in the Marine Corps. Um, and so, and within the Marine Corps, they have a certain standard that you have to withhold, a certain weight standard um, that you have to abide by, or you can risk being kicked out of the uh, out of the service um, and your career being, or even if you don't get, yeah, basically you risk getting kicked out. Um, <clears throat> but there's a lot that goes into it prior to that. But still, um, and so there's this big stigma. Uh, that's attached to weight in the in the Marine Corps, at least in the Marine Corps. Um, and so, and uh, the battle for me is, I'm more, I'm, I'm not, I'm. I always felt like the standard was biased, and when I say that, it's it catered more towards the smaller bone, slender, a certain body type. And for myself, you know, being black woman, I was a little bit thicker and muscular. And so, and as you know, muscle weighs more than fat. And so I would always be closer to the maximum weight standard that we were allowed to have. Um, and so, and that would always be my frustration. And of course, when I was younger, um, it was not a big deal, you know, cause I was young and, you know, fit fit and able to and weighed a lot less uh when I first joined so it wasn't it didn't it didn't become a thing until I got older started having children and maintaining it and my body shape changed a little bit and it was harder and harder as I continued to have children to take the weight off and maintain a certain body weight um, for most of my career, I stayed below the max weight, but as I got older and like I said, I would stay around my, you know, by the time I had my youngest uh, son, um, it was becoming more and more of a struggle to maintain the weight standard that they have. And not to say that if you were over that you would... Um, like I said, automatically get kicked out, but then they would go by your body fat percentage, but you had to be a certain body fat percentage or as well. So you couldn't go over a certain body fat percentage for a female, so they would measure you. So there's this invasive thing that they would do if the weigh-in part didn't work. And so it was it was a it was it was crazy because just like you talked about, um, you were healthy, uh, even though the BMI was saying that you were overweight. And that's the same with me. Um, I was close to the max and, you know, later on uh, I would be over, but my body fat would always be within standards. But physically, I was healthy. I mean, I was doing outstanding on my physical fitness test that they require us to take. I was always uh, scoring really high. So really, I was fit and I was... <laughs> Um, you, you know, by Marine Corps standards, you know, in regards to the fitness test that they would um, they would administer, but that weight thing was always a struggle in the end. Um, again, I was even when I was younger, I was in the middle, and then as time went on, I would be I would get closer and closer to the max, and then again, as I had kids, uh, it would become more and more difficult, mostly 
between second and third child. Um, and I felt, again, like the, the standards were biased. It went by a certain body type, and that wasn't my body type. It, I was more athletic and muscular. And so, and, and I did notice, and, and that's why I say it was biased, that other women of color, black women, had that same issue if they weren't smaller structured. Um, if they were, you know, athletic looking, you know, or big bone, thick, whatever, how you want to say it. It wasn't that they were technically overweight, but by their standards, yes, but by society standards, no, um, they were not. And so it, yeah, it was, that was something that I struggled with throughout, uh, just the, the, um, the, the concept of it all. That's what I struggled with because I felt like it wasn't a fair judgment or a fair assessment. Um, but it was the one that we had to, it didn't change um, <laughs> throughout the, oh, it changed slightly towards the end to try, I guess, to accommodate and they were starting to understand that. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a thing and that's probably why I ended up, and I don't know if it's changed since then. So um, it's because I've been out for a while, but yeah, that really, that's why it resonated with me. And of course, as since being out, um, of course, not course, I don't know why I keep saying of course, because not always, of course, um, I've, you know, put on a few more pounds since getting out because I'm not as active as I was while I was in. Um, but even though, you know, of course, if I were to go, go to the Marine Corps, they'd be like, oh, hell no. But I am not, I'm fit, I'm healthy. And so it's just, it's just that crazy, you know, back and forth that goes on with what society deems worthy, beautiful, whatever, versus yourself and, you know, what you feel and know is true. Because I feel like I am attractive and, um, and all of that. And so by societies are, are, you know, cultures, version of beauty is not a realistic version. So I don't even go by that at all. I don't even pay attention to that. All right. So there's that. And then I want to touch on real quick because I only have my 10 minute mark to get my stuff in. Um, I will say that I'm, I'm, I totally agree with what you said, because I definitely have, um, the, fatigue and about movies in general, uh, just entertainment in general. I find myself going back to watching things that really enjoyed me that was back in earlier times because the newer stuff that they're bringing in, bringing in is just not doing it for me. Not all of it, obviously, but I'm just talking about in general, overall, especially the movies. Yeah, Marvel, their lack of representation is really um, getting to me. Uh, I'm not a fan of how, you know, and it's interesting how no, it's hardly getting pointed out that there's hardly any black representation or diversity in Marvel. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, until Black Panther came along and yeah, or like you mentioned, you know, it's an all black movie. Oh, if you take away Black Panther how much representation is there in in Marvel? Um, Disney is a little bit better, but again, it's just it's starting it's starting to be overkill 
with all this, um, all these different things. And I'm just not interested at all. I'm over it for a lot of these shows and movies. I'm not as engaged as I once was with it all. So I'm definitely one of those um, that is on the decline when it comes to the interest and all that stuff and call it fatigue, call it whatever you want. But that's just where I'm at. Too many remakes, too many redoing stuff. And it's like, and then they're not doing anything outside the box. It's like the same tropes and all that stuff that they're doing. So it starts to that, that starts to get old after a while. But that's all I got. Uh, enjoying your chronicle, your podcast, but gotta go. Until next time, much love, peace, and Black Girl Magic, Queen of the Couch. Shy. Why, thank you, Shy, for your uh, insight. I didn't know that about the military, not even a little bit, <laughs> that they have restrictions, especially for women. If you give birth versus men who don't, how the fuck can you keep people in the same hmm. Yeah, we, we have this issue and this problem with society. And unfortunately, it clouds a lot of men's judgment um, on what a what their ultimate trophy should look like. And it's really sad because then what ends up happening, their trophy gets pregnant or puts on a little weight later on in their years. And then they're no longer a trophy and they got to feel or need have the need to feel to upgrade to something younger or something that looks more like the ideal and that's all america um and it's promoting nine times out of ten their own caucasian way i mean it is what it is <laughs> black women like to eat we also like to um like we're, we're naturally more curvy we're naturally uh a little bit more of a you know we got we got tits we got hips we got ass right and yet the society goes well no the 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 thin boned you know straight down the middle nothing you know i even found out the other day that the most attractive size for for titties is a b cup i was like a b cup that's what you get when you're like fucking 14 so men in society in, in american society love women to look like they're in their youth in in, in adolescence it's really fucked up and i'm not saying of course it's all men it's whoever took that survey but it's like really because it's hard to believe it only has to be a certain percentage of because i know my ass will go out all the time and these titties get nothing but attention it's in walmart yesterday dude just dead staring i'm like if you want it why don't you why don't you approach it and approach. I might have given it to him. He was kind of cute. He was Hispanic. <laughs> Three damn miles. He still didn't say nothing. I was like, but you keep looking over here. What, what do you think he looking at? Yes, I'm sure he looked at all else. He was also looking at these titties. So, yeah, I, I think I think it, in our ethnic group, it is very much, in my personal opinion, and an idea that is brought on by unfortunately the the caucasian part of our society because if you go in any any ethnic society that's not yeah you being a stick that's not attractive it's not even it's like nah they need some pushing for that bushing um i don't even know if that made sense and yes like girl 
I put my hands up like I was in church where I'm like, why does no one talk about the fact that Marvel has very little inclusive diversity? And then when they put inclusive diversity out there, it either has to be the bad guy. <laughs> and it's not to say we can't play villains. I'm all for it. But they're never putting us in front center in that positive fucking light. And they put out so many fucking films. It's, it's why I don't really fuck with Marvel. Um, it's even the people that were on Loki. Like a lot of people jumped out. Like how you gonna make Loki... Um, not oh god i can't remember the name right um basically he's not he, he's gender fluid so because he's gender fluid he can be with anyone and the first person they put him with is what a female not only a female but a female that's actually him and they selling this shit like it's great and people are eating it up they're eating it up i love tom hiddleston love him but no everything behind that project was just so ugh it's like you they will always go up to the point but they will never ever cross that point i'm not talking about one i'm talking about three fucking movies with black people at the center of the movies not one every 12 that's not representation and they keep getting away with it and people including black people keep giving them they fucking money and i don't get it i do not get it not even a little bit i'm sorry <laughs> and i don't even think that they're that good i'm not i don't think the marvel films are great at all i've not went back and watched one fucking movie of theirs i did like um what was it i think the best marvel film other than black panther was um what was the second thor movie because the first one wasn't great i can't even remember what it's called that's how much <laughs> I, I, they're not great they're not great movies and dc doesn't do much better at least their tv tries but you're right disney is trying to do better but that's because their audience very much is uh a little bit more way diversified and they're more aware of it i should say but yeah, Marvel, for some reason, they've been lumped in with Disney and people have forgotten to differentiate. So now they're giving them credit for shit that's really Disney and not Marvel. Because <laughs> Marvel is way behind on proper rec um, representation in their movies. They just are. Where are those fucking people that are all up in the chat about who Dick is fucking instead of being on those forums demanding better representation in their in their fucking films and in their television shows it's like no one wants to acknowledge all these people that go out and do the the archaeologists paleontologists whatever the fuck history people how many fucking history like i go to have to go to special channels just to find african history they have myths they have tales they have things that they did there were kings there were queens we invented shit we was around we've been around for the whole entire fucking world like at the spanish fucking french court guess what there were black people that were trading with africans because we had that much fucking power and yet we can't get one film showing that we had power because god forbid that would inspire us that to be to re gain that power to understand that hey we actually uh i don't even get me started that's not what this podcast was gonna be about today but i really cannot stand this consistency in hollywood that refuses to acknowledge 
that we were more than just the sidekick, more than just the oppressed, that there happens to be more to our story than that. You don't think there was ever any rich fucking black people in the Victorian age? Guess what? There were blocks of them. They were. The story, they're out there. But no one is also putting the money behind figuring out that history. And that's also very, very sad. So what did we learn this week? Hypersensitivity. This is something I put out on a poll. Um, not a lot of people responded, but that's okay. <laughs> I think I have more people respond to how many uh, sex toys is enough sex toys. I have three. That's why I was asking. Like, I have to have the clitoris, uh, the backup, like the one that's pretty much, if you want, a really quick one. And then you have uh, the other, what's that even called? I forgot all the names of them. I have the womanizer, which everyone, every woman should have the womanizer. <laughs> that's a boyfriend that will never disappoint you. Let me tell you that. And then I have the jackhammer. That's just what I like to call it. Um, which is an actual... Yeah, anyhow. I mean, just, just use your imagination. I'm sure you can figure it out. So, I just wonder how many other people out there invest in sex toys for themselves. Uh, it could be with a couple, too. Um, that's always fun. But for us single women, you know, we our, our bobs are exactly that. So... Most people say whatever you need to scratch your itch. And I was like, ah, does every itch need to be scratched? <laughs> that's the that's a whole other whole other question. Alright, so let's get on to hypersensitivity. Um now some of these things, some of these symptoms you're going to uh these are signs that you're a highly sensitive person. If you're an INFJ, you're going to automatically recognize some of these, right? But it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be an INFJ to be hypersensitive, to be a highly sensitive. Stop saying hyper. Highly sensitive person. It's not hyper, it's highly sensitive. Um, I think I even put that wrong on the poll. So you are easily overwhelmed. Uh, could be bright lights, loud, loud sounds can't talk, smells, certain fabrics of clothing, too much commotion going on. Uh, yeah, it's a big one. <laughs> and I'm not talking about the regular amount of stress. Because some of these are going to feel like, well, that's every day. You know, people always get overwhelmed. We're talking about easily overwhelmed. Like, it doesn't take much. The thing with smells is a lot for me. If it's too many smells outside, it's just like it, it irritates my soul. I'm just, I can't. It, it causes just disarray. The same thing with mess. I keep my house very, very clean. Most people, when I say my house is messed up and they walk in and I say my house is messed up, they're like, what the fuck? Like, I pretty much have my house looking like someone barely lives here. <laughs> because I don't like mess or commotion. It, it's, it's too much. You feel rattled when you have to do a lot in a short period of time. That also seems very blanketed. Of course, people don't like small windows. But when you're small windows and you're cursing and you get it, like it's first anxiety. I think personally, INFJs have a lot of anxiety. 
I take anxiety medication. It took me a long time because no one sat down and talked to me about these things because we have a problem in the black community about trying to identify health problems. Speaking of, just quick side note, my mom called me because unfortunately my aunt may have breast cancer. Um, her mom had breast cancer, so it is something that, you know, I be looking I have to do a, a screening all the time on mine. I'm aware that it runs high in my family. So, of course, my mom, she's, she's a hot mess. And um, it's stressing her out. And she calls me at a, 8 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> barely awake. And she starts talking to me about my health. Like, first she goes, oh, well, you know, I don't know that, I know that you don't pray, but can you send a prayer? If you know I don't pray, why would you ask me to do something that I don't do? That's one huge thing, but it, it, that doesn't even matter. All she had to say was, can you send some condolences to your, like, send something uplifting and positive to your aunt, which is exactly what I did. I didn't say I would pray for you. I said, my thoughts are with you. And I sent her a very nice poem about being a strong woman. But she always has to put that little bit in the front, right? To try to somehow uh, manipulate the situation. Like, my mom's a class A narcissist. I think that's why I'm so, why it's my new favorite subject right now. Because I'm realizing, <laughs> belatedly in my life, a lot of things have been, I've been surrounded by a lot of narcissists. And they have been the bane of, not my existence, but pretty much why <laughs> I have been through some trials and tribulations but she immediately starts going into her and that's where I was really she's like well you know uh I'm worried about my health and I'm worried about this and I it became a me thing and then she goes well you know you, you how are you doing how's your health you know you got to do this and you got to get the thing out of your arm because I have birth control in my arm and you know they recalled and I'm like you act like I'm stupid you act as if I don't do any like I'm the probably the healthiest but like I go to the doctor I've been going to the doctor I've been getting myself mentally healthy I've been doing what I need to do but because you just now caught up to doing stuff you feel the need to go around and tell everybody like you giving to it just it's so bothersome and it's eight o'clock in the morning stop telling me about who i am it is very frustrating when people tell you who you are and they don't actually get to know who you are and that that's a huge problem and that's where i'm at with this hyper where i'm wanting to speak more about the type of person you may be and no one's ever had these conversations with you or talked to you about things that you're like oh holy shit that feels like me <laughs> Um, that's part of what I want to start doing with this podcast as well is really start talking about mental health a little bit more when I have the opportunity because it's important to understand yourself and not other people tell you who you are and what you what to do and how to feel and society telling you how to feel because it, trust me I have never been happier than when I tune out all that noise and only listen to the voice of myself because no one is going to know you better than you so back to the list you are quickly depleted on busy days so again another infj you're gonna feel things correlate here um yeah at the end of the day i'm pretty much 
some days I have no energy. There's there's nothing to give. I, I have nothing. Like my daughter just goes. Huh? Because that was a fucking question. <laughs> I don't know how to answer it. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's so exhausting at the end of my day. I just, that last two hours, I have to just be left alone. You notice everything. And I really mean everything. Things in your immediate environment that others may not give a second glance, emotional cues of others, that pretty flower growing between the rocks, smells, other people's moods, everything. That is very true. I am so fucking aware. <laughs> I've usually, some people have caught me on, oh, well, you weren't even paying attention. Even if I wasn't paying, like I was joking when I said my daughter, I won't know what she's talking about. I actually will. I don't know how I retain things in my brain. Um, sometimes I even think I, I'm like, how the fuck did I know that? Because I, my mind is automatically peeping everything. When I go somewhere, I always know where the fucking exit is too. <laughs> anything goes down. You are deeply moved by beauty. Now this one, I say no. <laughs> this is not a trait I have. But you may have. This could be works of art, nature, a kind person you met, or even a moving commercial can bring you to tears. Um, I used to be a lot more of a crier. I'm not as much now. So maybe when I was younger and then I kind of was like, ugh, the tears, I gotta stop these tears. Every time I get upset, I usually cry. But I'm crying sometimes because I'm mad and I want to bust you in the fucking head and I can't do it because that will make me go to jail. So because I can't violently attack you, I want to cry. <laughs> and I'm upset. You make it a high priority to arrange your life to avoid upsetting situations. These are absolute facts. I will not put myself in drama. I won't. Like, even when I'm going to the store, I'm like, yeah, you're not coming with me. <laughs> very rarely, if, unless I'm in a very happy mood, my daughter doesn't come with me to the store because I'm not going to put myself in a situation where things can lead to, like, uh, other times they're like, oh, come on over. No, no, I'm not doing that. Because upsetting situations don't feel good and you're not sure you can handle the overwhelming feelings that come along with them. You avoid conflict at all costs. This is a big red flag for me. I do not do conflict. Now, conflict on like a debate? No. Um, but conflict as far as just... Because some people really just love to be in full-on drama all the time. And I will exit my way out of that shit so damn quickly. Many highly sensitive people feel unable to express concerns and feelings due to fear of how the other person will react. And therefore, you avoid conflict, which leads to resentment. That's true. Like, there are times I should have just screamed at my ex. And instead, I was quiet. And then I, I simmering on the inside. <laughs> you get about boiling grits on the table. <laughs> You may even do or say anything just to keep the peace. Mm-hmm. Saying no is difficult for a lot of HSPs. Mm-hmm. I have to learn this with my daughter sometimes. I'm like, no, you're not getting any chips because you stole those chips and I'm not buying you any chips. And then two weeks later, I'm fucking buying chips. I'm like, what the hell? Um, you avoid violent movies or shows. That, absolutely not. That does not fit for me, but maybe that fits for you. 
violence and cruelty of any kind hit you as if it's maybe this is shy because she doesn't like horror movies but i don't like horror either <laughs> i've already got enough nightmares i don't need any more coming to fruition uh this goes for true crime shows and or movie or documentaries i know that's i mean i avoid them now because i started getting paranoid i used to watch snap all the fucking time in the first 48 and all those shows and then i started getting real paranoid so i stopped watching them you're a deep thinker you reflect on things a lot sometimes to the point of ruminating and stressing over past events as you think of things you should have could have would have done differently very high on my list i'm trying to not do that because well you could do it to the point where you learn something from it but don't focus on it because truly even our regrets are worth something because they add value to your future decisions so being stuck in that is where it becomes problematic but just ruminating on it no highly sensitive people are more prone to negative thinking because of this that's true and that's why you don't want to stay because you're in negative thought and you need to break that negative thinking or you're just going to poison the air around you you have a hard time making decisions you may feel the need to research all possible pieces of the decision which can lead to analysis paralysis being stuck in i must know more before i can make a wise decision mode fear of making the wrong decision can have you stuck and often leads to making no decision at all this is um i'm half and half with this one because while i do go into analysis paralysis mode i do in the end just make a fucking decision you only live life once i've learned to grow out of that you are a perfectionist and or a workaholic um yeah <laughs> i remember the first time someone told me i was a perfectionist i didn't know this about myself it wasn't until what my second year at oh, oh well, well, i'm about to give out my where i worked at my job and my boss goes you're a perfectionist i said no i'm not excuse me bitch never even heard of the word until then i thought it meant something completely different and i finally said i was like holy shit i'm a perfectionist <laughs> you may feel obligated to get things right for fear of the uncomfortable feelings that come along with getting things wrong and as does everyone you have a never-ending to-do list the difference is though you feel you must do everything in your power to complete that do list asap uh yeah i am su i'm such a perfectionist uh and it's not always appreciated especially in corporate america it's not appreciated all in corporate america it's one of the biggest things that came up um during the woke movement when it was about black people um at, at my job and luckily my job listened mainly because they know 75 percent of their workforce is black or hispanic <laughs> and it was only in certain areas particularly my ohio office where things were not as kosher uh not as above board racially as it should be and in the end guess what happened those people got fired well they didn't get fired they got laid off during the the massive cuts that were going on i still got my job shit i even fucking got promoted and then the other day it's funny because i worked at this department for my previous department it's really good in my pre i mean i'm not even trying to give myself pats on the back when i say this i 
was outstanding in my last performance only me and one other person we carried that team of 13 fucking people okay every time you look at the numbers it's like yep uh 200 200 and then everyone would be in a single fucking digits couldn't understand it i mean one time i just took all of it took me two days to do it but i took all the it's not gonna matter but a huge workload and i shrunk it down to zero do you think i got a a war a thank you and a, a a shout out nothing i didn't get anything i was used for my work and that was it and then if i said something about it well then i was not being a team player so the other day now this department needed me so much mind you like they not only that they based the entire work like the the way the apartment runs right now is based on my work ethic and the people that based it on my work ethic told me so because <laughs> they came and sat with me and asked me to change everyone around me to work the exact same way that i work still never got anything from this department the other day they're gonna call me or send me a, a thing hey there's been an opening would you like to come back kiss my entire ass i laughed my ass off i really did because they really thought the answer was gonna be yes and last time i came back to the department do you think i came back to the department on my own no i was working in a whole different apartment having a good old life and the csl of that office came down to my department to talk to my csl to ask me to come back up to that department things happen for a reason guys they do and now I'm, I'm in a better position than anybody in that department so sometimes you just gotta let life do its thing <laughs> and uh you gotta do your thing you can't sometimes focus or stop because other people would have just been like well i ain't fucking working that hard then or i ain't doing this or i ain't doing that I'm like no i'm gonna play the fucking game i'm just gonna stick in i'm keep my head down i'll make friends with the right people and guess what i come out winning win 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 no matter what plowing ahead you're jumpy you startle easily and hate when people sneak up on you intentionally or unintentionally that is actually very true uh <laughs> people do it to me and i swear to god half the time i'm ready to punch them and they're like oh i'm like yeah don't don't startle me not the one to startle you soak up other people's negative emotions this is really hard real that's why i don't hang out with negative people i can't because then i get bogged down in your bullshit that would be uh all the years living at home low pain tolerance many hsps are more sensitive to physical pain uh this would be true i turned into a little bitch but i actually can do well with it change is hard change can be difficult for anyone but for highly sensitive people change means disrupting current routines and increasing the already overwhelming amount of day-to-day simulation stimulation even positive changes can cause high stress for hsps such as a new job or new relationship that's true but i don't think it's as hard i think that's something you just learn and because i went through a lot of change but <laughs> like like eventually got to roll learn to roll with it uh how many more is these fuck it's like 21 of these all right uh number and this is an article you can find uh i'll link it in the just in the show notes sensitive to caffeine and alcohol nope. <laughs> they may have a low tolerance for alcohol that's true 
Um, I don't like the really the taste of alcohol very much. You take criticism very personally. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, even constructive criticism. Like it's like criticism feels like a knife being driven directly into your self-worth. And after taking a critical hit, you may feel down about it emotionally for days, even weeks, unable to focus on anything else. I wouldn't say weeks. I'll take it for maybe about a few hours, then I'll obsessing over it. Some of these things you do have to learn to deal with. You're an overachiever. I think we've already touched on that. That's true. You worry about what others think of you a lot. Often you will decline social often you will decline social media speaking up during a meeting or even inviting someone to your house for fear of possible judgment. Uh no, that's not. That's where the INFJ steps in and the HSP steps out. Like, I don't give a fuck what you think about me. <laughs> you suck at sleeping. Yes. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. Highly sensitive people are stimulated quite easily, which can include things like temperature, noises, textures, and direct environment. All of this stimulation can keep HSPs wound up and sometimes even cause stress and anxiety. This combination can make it hard to relax, fall asleep, and stay asleep. You've always felt odd or just different or like something is wrong with you or like why does everyone else seem to be able to live their lives with less stress and be able to handle more yet I flip out and cry over the simplest things. You've been called or always feel like you are too sensitive or too emotional. It's why I don't like when people go, you're just being sensitive. You're just being too emotional. Like, don't fucking tell people that. Or need to get just get over it. Many HSPs were labeled as shy or sensitive as a child. Factual. I was considered so sen- so sensitive. And I'm like, well, no, I'm not sensitive. <laughs> I mean, maybe I am sensitive, but I'm not. it's not a negative thing. People don't want to deal with people who are not the status quo of these extroverts. And because introverts are such a small part of society... You're labeled the odd one out. Um, there's nothing wrong with you. Your sensitive trait is needed in this world because think about it. What would the world be like without the deep thinkers? What would it be like without people with deep levels of empathy? And what would it be like with low levels of compassion? As a highly sensitive person, you feel things deeply. These can be positive and negative things. During the highs, you are soaring, and during the lows, you are really low, and this can increase stress levels as well as impact other areas of your life, such as relationships and work-life performance. So those are 21 traits that you might be a highly sensitive person. And just because you're a highly sensitive person don't mean you need to overcome. You have to work around understanding those traits about yourself, and you have to educate people. That's where I'm at, where I'm educating people on why I react in certain ways, particularly with your family. Um, If you want to do it with your close friends, sure. (laughs) But I'm not going to tell everybody, like, I need you to figure me out. No, but it does, like, some things with work, where if I have certain triggers, it's best to just be like, look, especially with my boss, I have this certain trigger. When you're talking to me in a constructive criticism way... I need to be able to express my opinion. Like there's a back and forth that you have to learn when you're a highly sensitive person, how to balance out who you are with everyone else. And you may need to actually take actions 
to make sure that you people aren't treading on certain areas that might cause you certain stress or more stress and anxiety than the average person. I think that they're doing very, uh, my job actually is doing a very good job with this. I feel like many other jobs should start doing this. But one of the things they did is they made everyone take a personality test. And everyone has the option, you don't have to, but you can list your personality, but it's mainly for your bosses. So that they understand the people that they can, instead of consistently treating people the same, they know, okay, when I'm having a conversation with Christina, I might want to change my approach, right? This is all emotional intelligence that I always talk about. People feel as if they, they just have to do things the same way that they're done and that they can't, like you don't have any control over your, your life or, or, you know, there isn't better ways for things to be done. And there is, and it is about knowing who you are and treating people in a way like, I don't know what your triggers are. I don't know. And it's just not highly sensitive people, of course. Maybe someone's just really, anytime you bring up anything about dogs, they get really sensitive <laughs> or whatever the case may be. But you, you I think it's a, a common courtesy that's a little bit dying to respect other people's characteristics. We're, we're still in this us versus them and we're only making that stronger and it's these infjs and hypersensitive people highly sensitive people that are really the ones talking a lot of sense to be able to guide that next generation that you know we got to stop with these because our parents don't teach us the shit most of us because they they didn't get it from their parents and so on and so forth so now that we are a society where we're caring more about the actual individual and not the individual as a unit. I think that there's a lot of work to be done and it, it definitely starts with understanding who you are and who the next person is and maybe just maybe doing something as a courtesy to make their day easier. So I'm off my soapbox. I went way over <laughs> on this J Chronicles, but we will be back next week. Don't ask me what topics we're talking about because I don't know yet. Uh, actually, we might start, start talking simulation theory because uh, this is crazy and I have to talk about it because apparently a lot of people are jumping on this train. I do not jump on this train, but it's an interesting thought process. So maybe that's where we'll go next week because it is on my list of things I wanted to talk about. So if you want to send feedback on our next episode, blackercouch.gmail.com, you can leave a comment below on this podcast. My social media will be there as well. Remember to like, share, subscribe. Until next time. Peace, hair grease, and blacker magic.